Yeah, it, it's not just ESPN. It's it's everybody in television right and now. And let me tell you this, too. When you're going to watch a football game this fall, instead of 10 times out of 10 watching ESPN to watch that game, nine times out of 10 you're going to be watching ESPN to watch that game. And the only reason that's changing is because they decided not to try to outbid Fox for their portion of the Big Ten schedule. And they're still broadcasting Big Ten games. So you can talk about the downfall of the worldwide leader all you want to. That's great. And yes, I've got a vested interest in all this, as most people know. But when you're going to watch live events, guess where you're going to watch? Go ahead. And and I would add, as much as we bash, and I've been guilty of bashing the four-letter network, they've totally revolutionized the way sports are covered. It is a huge part of all of our lives, whether whether we know whether we want to admit it or not. If you and if you don't like their talk shows, that's a fantastic thing about television. You just turn the channel, turn it off. But the way you cover, the way sports are covered, uh, ESPN has completely rewritten the book on on that. I mean that's that's why you're watching. That's why I'm watching Clemson. And Coastal Carolina play baseball and watch Seth Beard get pitched to and watch him hit grand slams from the comfort of my own home. Thank you, ESPN. <laughs> anyway. Um, Why were you my, talking to James Franklin before we came on the air today? My That's Penn what I State want to converse, My Penn State comments go back to this, and, and I know things might have changed, mo- most likely have changed since then. But the fallout from the Joe Paterno decision, the way the Big Ten completely – uh, removed themselves from that, threw them under the bus, so to speak. And, and whether you agree or don't agree with all of that, you know, I, I get it. You, whatever you think, you're probably right. <laughs> but they were really, really upset with the Big Ten's stance in all of that to the point that I know there were conversations in Happy Valley about just being an independent because financially – Penn State can pull that off. Enormous fan base, enormous alumni base, enormous endowment there from a financial standpoint. Um, I've never been to Penn State. That's how they were. No, I've never been there. But that's where Penn State was not too terribly long ago as it relates to to the Big Ten. Now, dated information, I get it, but I, I know... I I just I know I know for a fact that they were looking to jump ship at one point, uh, and I know that from a, someone I trust a great 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 deal. So there you go. You wonder if any of that could translate into jumping leagues at some point. The answer is probably not. But it would be a fantastic addition to the ACC, and maybe outside of Notre Dame the best you could hope to do in this current landscape if you went about adding another team in addition to the Fighting Irish. I, I love that thought. I, I've never been to Penn State, Happy Valley. I've never been to a football, basketball, or baseball game there. I can't wait to go just to see what it's all about. It's like one of the few spots I have no idea what it's about other than watching from afar on television for decades. And I, I, I look forward to the day when that occurs. They took Dutch Coleman from us. I'm still mad about that. But outside of that, you know, I you you could certainly do worse than Penn State. What other schools would make sense? Because with what we're talking about, if Notre Dame came on board in football to go to 15, the consensus is the conference would likely add another program as well. That's not a definite. It's not a certainty. It's not 100%, but I think long-term, that's the end goal. That's what you expect to happen. What would be another team that would make sense? We mentioned West Virginia. We mentioned Penn State. Penn State's currently in the Big Ten, cashing Big Ten checks. West Virginia's currently in the Big 12 as an outsider without a Big 12 network, and again, that matters. Well, that in a second. Interesting comments coming out from John Swafford about the formation of the ACC channel that we're going to give you from Warchant.com here in just a couple of minutes and why... Again, having a network matters. And even what Ben said, Penn State has unlimited resources and would be able to survive as a football independent or as an independent. Five years ago, yes. Long term, no. You're going to need the network cash coming in. It's a very big deal. 
it's a very big deal. What other school out there could we could we suggest would be a good fit for the ACC? Connecticut, a little bit of a reach. BC doesn't want it. It's basketball, really, and that's about it. Lukewarm at best. The directional schools down in Florida, UCF, USF, commuter campuses. I think UCF is kind of a sleeping giant. They've had success. They've won a BCS game, right? They they made it to, I think it was the Fiesta Bowl. The Cotton Bowl beat Baylor a few years ago, and nobody saw that coming. They proceeded to go winless the following season, uh-huh. and obviously that changed things. Scott Frost, who I know pretty well, is doing a, a nice job uh, resurrecting that program. And I think is in it to win it for the long haul down there. We'll see what happens. Who else is out there that you could bring in for team number 16 in this league? Memphis makes more sense to me than Connecticut does. Okay. Um, Decent football. Yeah, geographically, that's a better fit. Right. In in my opinion. But again, if you ever went down that road, you may have to do something that – Notre Dame may have a big voice in who that 16th team is, too. So, I mean, they may want somebody else. Who would that be? Up north. You got something for me there? Yeah, well, and I I don't. I'm just kind of thinking out loud about that. Um, I've had some people send us texts suggesting how about Navy, the Naval Academy. You know, I, I thought about that. I don't know that they could keep up. I, I, but... I, st- I like that better than UConn. <laughs> I kind of do as well. Um, some people are going to roll their eyes at this, but I mean, don't you're, you talking, dare say you're it. talking about people who who fit better than some of these others that you've talked about. South Carolina fits oh, better. No, no, but, but that's 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 impossible. They give you some. They they give you. I knew you. Were they give you that. a big market. They ge- they fit geographically. Uh, passionate about their football. Again, you want to make a football Just made the Final Four basketball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, great, ba- great uh, baseball program. Historically speaking, I mean, they they give you what you would need financially in a, in another partner, right? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Impossible because of how the Gamecocks left the ACC, and it- because you're making a. A truckload of money in the SEC right now. And there is a gap between the SEC and the ACC when it comes to revenue, primarily because of the SEC network and the SEC's dominance in football for the last 15 to 20 years. Some of that has started to change somewhat. And when the ACC network launches in 2019, it starts to change even more. More on that in just a second. But at the present time, you just you, you wouldn't do that. You, you you couldn't do that, and it's not it's not feasible on any level. Is there is there anyone else in the Big Twelve? Yes, that makes sense. We talked about West Virginia, and you know I catch myself eliminating teams because of geographic boundaries, but yet you added Miami, which is a long way from here. You added Boston College, which is a long way from here. But it's um, in the same time zone. It's in the t- and that that does matter. But is there would a would a Oklahoma State ever be in a different conference from Oklahoma? I don't think so. And I mean, it, some of this is based off of rumor and innuendo and speculation. But when people in the know have referenced conference realignment with certain programs, it's always been a combo deal. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have been one of those more prominent combos out there. So I I don't think you would see if the Big 12 fell apart, Oklahoma going to the SEC and Oklahoma State going to the ACC. I just, it doesn't seem like that that's realistic. Again, in the Big 12, as the least stable conference out there because of the Longhorn Network and no plans currently exist for a Big 12 network, in part because of the Longhorn Network, the, the, the unstable nature makes this more of a reasonable conversation to suggest that maybe by the middle part of the next decade, if not sooner, there, there could be some teams ripe for the taking. Oklahoma has been rumored to be very interested in the SEC for a long period of time. If that's the case, on some level, you wonder, would it consider jumping to the ACC? I, I don't know. I don't, I've never heard that. I don't think that's reasonable. 
if it was OU and Oklahoma State, obviously there's not enough room for that. I don't think that would happen. Texas was a program for a while that was rumored to be interested in the ACC, a fit academically. You add that part of the country, there's more eyeballs. Swafford's already negotiated one deal for partial entry for a team like Texas in Notre Dame. If you brought in Notre Dame and the Big 12 was really unstable at that juncture, could he work out a similar deal to bring in Texas in the Longhorn Network? Well, consider this. The Longhorn Network is operated by ESPN. The ACC Network's operated by ESPN upon launch in August 2019. There was ever a way you could try to make all that come together perfectly. Perhaps that would be a possibility. And you could kind of combine everything and you could say, okay, this is what we're going to do. In theory, I could see that. In reality, how like how doable is it? I, man, I don't know. That's that's a complex deal to try to work through. And again, we're talking about if the Big Twelve fell apart. Let's circle back to Cincinnati again. You know, when my criteria would be, you're doing it for network reasons. I mean, that that's one of the big reasons that you would add Cincinnati a big television market. They care more about the Reds and the Bengals, but yes. Really close to Louisville. Um, you know, so... Football's not awful. Football's not awful. Mick Cronin there in basketball. Got some history with with, with basketball there. You, you could... I mean, you could do worse. Uh, I mean, that... What, what, would a tele, what would a television network... How would they view the Cincinnati market? You Not think? attractive. Not attractive? I say that in part because of what just happened with the Big 12 rejecting yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a good point. And you know, I, I believe they actually play in one of the oldest stadiums in the country there in the Queen City. And so yeah, th- th- there is a tradition. I don't think it would be a bad fit, but I don't think from a television network perspective, that's one that a lot of people get geeked up about for, it's a better fit in the ACC than in the Big 12 for the Bearcats athletic department. So I, I would concede that. And you would certainly believe Cincinnati would jump at the chance to go from the American to the ACC. If That, that would be the one group of five school that I, I could be sold on. If you tell me I get Notre Dame and Cincy, okay, I, I've heard of worse. What about Indiana? No, Big 10. Basketball, no yeah. football, negative. They're not leaving the Big Ten. They're not. And look, the Big Ten, see, here's the deal. The Big Ten and the SEC in particular are making massive bank with their networks. Big Ten got it all started. They're well ahead of the game. Nobody down here talks a lot about the Big Ten because we all think the football's boring because this state has owned Ohio State in football twice by South Carolina in the Outback Bowl in the last decade. Three times now by Clemson, including in the college football playoff in the Orange Bowl in this decade. But the Big Ten Network is making bank. And no team from that conference wants to get out. I mean, that's why Rutgers at Maryland were so excited to get in. Because now they get a chance to be able to play this this financial game that they weren't going to be able to do otherwise. It's probably a mistake for the Big Ten to bring in the State University of New Jersey because Rutgers has literally brought nothing to the table there. But it's benefited Rutgers greatly mm-hmm. to be associated with that conference. And then financially, it means everything. Because now they're cashing the same kinds of checks as everybody else in that league. And nobody really saw that coming. An- another call about East Carolina. I, no. I, what East Carolina gives you nothing. You already have the state. Uh, Greenville, North Carolina is not too terribly far from Raleigh. East Carolina is just not very good in anything. Right. They've had their moments in in football, but no, uh, I I don't know what their academic standards are right now. But I mean, ten ten fifteen years ago, they would not have, they would have been a long way from meeting your uh, academic requirements. The revenue generated by the SEC network and by the Big Ten network and even by the Pac twelve networks significant. That's why the announcement last year that the ACC finally had its act together with ESPN to launch its own channel was so important. More on that coming up in the recent comments and some of the numbers. 
between all these conferences coming up because this is what matters. Long-term viability, long-term exposure, and long-term payouts from networks to conferences to ensure that viability and the, and the, the chance to sustain and improve your worth as a league. 654-ROAR, back with much more after this. If you have problems with the IRS, don't trust your personal information to a stranger on the other end of a 1-800 number. The Green Law Firm is local and looking out for you. For a free consultation, call 271-7940. 271-7940. Imagine the warm sun, the cool spray, and a hot new Sea-Doo watercraft to speed into summer. With models starting at $52.99, our Sea-Doo lineup ranges from family to ferocious. Head to Foothills Motorsports right off I-85 in Piedmont, South Carolina now to purchase yours during our Ready to Ride event, and you will get a rebate of up to $500 on select 2016 models. The fun starts at Foothills Motorsports. Summer's almost here. Where's your Sea-Doo? Other conditions and restrictions may apply. See dealer for details. It's bow time at Bojangles. For a limited time, enjoy a Cajun filet biscuit combo for only $4.29. Perfectly seasoned chicken breast filet served on made-from-scratch biscuit. Bojangles, it's bow time. You owe it to yourself to check out Purple Haze of Anderson in their brand new location. Voted the Upstate's best piercing studio, Purple Haze is now at 3448 Cinema Avenue in Anderson, next to Dazzlers and behind Grady's. Body jewelry, glassware, tapestries, incense, candles and posters, and award-winning piercing facilities and piercing professionals. Purple Haze, 3448 Cinema Avenue, Anderson, next to Dazzlers and behind Grady's. Look for a new Clemson location coming soon. Jacob Thompson, a U.S. Marine who just returned from combat to a civilian world. The brotherhood was gone. Nobody cared whether or not I went to work or not. Nobody... Nobody was worried about it. It was just, it was basically all on me. Upstate Warrior Solution provides a bridge to civilian life for warriors and their families. Help us to help them. Donate or volunteer at upstatewarriorsolution.org. Art Ray with Integra Bank Mortgage is a Clemson grad and can help you with a mortgage, refinancing, or construction to perm. Call Art at 653-9999. Integra Bank Mortgage. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. NMLS number 4638013. Hey, this is Joseph from Local Q, inviting you to come try our famous house smoke wings. Tossed in our signature barbecue rub, these wings are sure to leave an impression. Pick between any of our 10 sauces, including a blueberry chipotle barbecue, coconut curry, and inferno for the daring. We also offer great lunch specials Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and a unique brunch menu Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit us at 30 Orchard Park Drive, Suite 7, or online at www.localq.com. Remember, Local Q is 21 and up at all times with a valid ID. Everybody knows the story. You can't sleep on a bed that's too hard. You can't sleep on a bed that's too soft. But you can sleep on a bed that's just right. Engineered Sleep might not have been around when Goldilocks was written, but they know that a bed that's just right is made just for you. It's not just a fairy tale. They actually build a mattress based on your sleep habits and patterns so that you can get that Goldilocks kind of sleep. And if after a couple of weeks you find it's not perfect, Engineered Sleep will adjust it until it is. Visit their location at 627 Congaree Road to see the process and learn how your mattress is made. By manufacturing your custom-made mattress at their factory, you're saving money because there's no middleman. Factory to you. And you can score a significant discount by picking your mattress up instead of having it delivered. Engineered Sleep, it's not mattress shopping, it's an experience. Midday means three great hours of sports talk. It's the Roy Philpot Show on 105.5 The Roar. He seems to know what he's talking about. And now back to Roy and Ben. All right, third hour continues back at 105.5 The Roar with Ben Milstead, Roy Philpott. Northland Communication phone lines are open, 654-7627. Give us a buzz. Put you up at the front of the line. Interesting comments coming out today from ACC Commissioner John Swafford, who appears to be kind of mocking some of the so-called experts on social media that think they understand everything there is to know about sports on television, live event programming, and the future of ESPN. We'll get to that coming up here in this segment. Your phone calls right now. If 
you had to pick a team along with Notre Dame to join the ACC in football, where would you like to go? And the best we can really come up with, honestly, with the current landscape is Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Anything else is pie in the, uh, pie in the sky kind of talk with Penn State leaving the Big Ten or with West Virginia leaving the Big 12. Neither at this juncture seem likely, even if we readily admit the Big 12 is the least stable out of all the Power Five conferences. So you're looking at Group of Five. You're looking at independent programs. Notre Dame obviously makes the most sense. You think that that'll happen. And then who else? A lot of people would suggest Connecticut. Ben and I kind of like Cincinnati more. Does that really move the needle a ton? No, but Notre Dame certainly would. Ben and Anderson says if he had a vote, he'd vote Notre Dame and Navy. Now, I don't think Navy does a whole lot for you, but just imagine the midshipmen coming into Death Valley to play a game. That would be freaking awesome. I would love it. That would be I'll go to Annapolis. Sign me up. I think a lot of Clemson fans would make that trek. And initially, when that was first rumored back in the day, it's like, no, I don't think so. But no, I think so now. That would be an attractive move as well and a different kind of move. John and Anderson joins us next on the phones. Hey, John. Hey, Roy. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've been just running around town all day listening to you guys off and on. And I thought I first thought uh, Cincinnati would be the best fit. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the area, but you have Boone and Florence, Kentucky, and uh, Cincinnati's airport is actually in Boone, Kentucky, yep. and uh, they're pretty big cities. I mean, it's a it's a, a, a growing area, and I mean, it's expanded a lot in the last 10, 15 years, so I think your market share there would be better than just about anywhere. Um, you're picking up the northern state of Kentucky and then southern part of Cincinnati, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, I, I, I think they're they're pretty relevant in football and, and basketball. So I, I think that would be a good choice. But, uh, you know, that's my opinion, and I'll take it off there. I don't think it's a bad choice either. John, we appreciate your perspective. And maybe that makes the most amount of sense compared to any other program out there. You could ask yourself, well, why does Cincinnati even matter? Why is adding eyeballs matter? And it comes down to the launch of the ACC Network in August 2019. ACC jumping in bed with ESPN, as that announcement came out about a year ago, this is what John Swafford had to say today, according to our friends down in Tallahassee, operating the website warchant.com, Dateline, Amelia Island, Florida. Two weeks after mocking so-called experts on social media who questioned whether ESPN would move forward with its planned ACC cable television network in 2019, Conference Commissioner John Swafford sounded even more bullish about the channel's future on Thursday. Speak, uh, speaking to a small gathering of reporters following the ACC spring meetings here at the Ritz-Carlton, Swafford said the linear ACC network is on schedule and that he has received, quote, absolute complete assurances, unquote, from ESPN executives that everything is full blast. Not only is the channel moving forward, Swafford said, but he added that he's confident it will shrink the growing revenue gap between the ACC and the other Power Five conferences. Warchant.com writes, Pac-12 schools received more than $28 million in fiscal year 2016, the most recent numbers available, while Florida State got about $24 million from the ACC. Big Ten schools reportedly are receiving well over $30 million annually, and some SEC schools got in, uh, got in excess of $40 million last year. Swafford indicated the vast majority of that disparity is based on earnings from those conferences' cable television channels particularly the highly profitable Big Ten and SEC networks. And he's confident the ACC's planned offering will bring its revenue up to speed. Very confident, Swafford said, when asked by Warchamp whether the fledgling network can make up the difference. That's why we're doing the channel. Swafford said the ACC, quote, fully expects a gap in revenue to continue for a couple of more years. That will diminish once the ACC channel is fully operational. Quote, that's the very reason we've signed to do what we're doing. We fully expect that that gap will narrow considerably when we get the channel up and running. For those that don't remember, the ACC and ESPN announced the creation of the new channel last July, but some media analysts began to speculate about its viability once ESPN announced 100 layoffs, including many prominent on-air personalities, to account for diminishing revenues tied to cable cord cutting. Swafford sent out a memo, if you missed that, back on May 3rd, assuring conference presidents, ADs, and other school officials that everything was full speed ahead. From ESPN President John Skipper himself, 
He goes on to add earlier today, quote, we fully expect that to be successful in every way. How successful? Just have to see. Think we have the best partner you could possibly have in terms of live sports television, end quote. Yes, no doubt. And it's unfortunate, too, in this current landscape, Sports Illustrated, HBO, Yahoo. I used to read a ton of Yahoo Sports, a ton of Yahoo Sports online. It was a big deal. I can't tell you the last time I read Yahoo. Rivals has been associated with it. I'm not sure if it is anymore, but Yahoo, I think, has been losing money and is getting ready to part ways with the leading NBA expert, newsbreaker, in Wojo. He's taking his website, The Vertical, to ESPN. Yahoo's been laying off people. Yahoo's trying to sell itself, and it's been unsuccessful. Pointing me, reminding you about all these things. A, it sucks because you never like to see people lose their jobs. But B, media is changing. And C, sports media is changing faster than just about we're able to keep up with. It's becoming more opinion-driven. It's become more based off live events and who has them and who doesn't. And in the circumstances where certain networks like ESPN have overpaid for those live events, yet they're having to cut staff as a result, and they'll probably have to make further adjustments in the coming years until an over-the-top option is fully provided that is financially viable, and that's on the way. And when I say over-the-top, what that means is you cut out the middleman, you cut out the provider like Dish Network or DirecTV, and you just say, you want to watch, you can. You can watch as much as you want all of our channels for X number of dollars a month. Nobody knows what that X number is or what the best way is to do it with current relationships constructed with cable service providers like what we just talked about or like Time Warner. A lot of smart people are trying to figure that out as we speak. A lot of smart people are figuring that out as we speak. As they figure it out, things also change and more changes come as a result. Swafford, in fact, basically said as much today. Quote, as the technology changes, there will be some distribution beyond the normal linear channel that are different than today. Yeah. That's something else everyone is still trying to figure out. When so do you we, think that linear channel launches? It launches August 2019. Okay. It launches beyond a shadow of a doubt, August 2019. And additionally, and nobody at ESPN has told me this, but it makes a ton of sense. In their Charlotte office... They have an ESPNU headquarters. They've got an SEC network. They're basically separate buildings. As part of the 100 layoffs, the 8,000-member ESPN uh, staff in total, as part of the 100 people that were laid off, they said, okay, in our Charlotte office, we're not doing, and this is kind of like, not a lot of people talked about this, and I find it to be very interesting. In our Charlotte office, we're no longer doing any studio work. We still have our Charlotte office. Uh-huh. I was there two weeks ago. It's still very active. And there's still a lot of studio space. But yet, they're no longer doing studio work there on ESPNU. All that stuff is basically transitioned up to Bristol, where ESPN's headquarters are located. Well, part of that, in my estimation, is to make room for more live event programming. <laughs> Where's that live event programming coming from? Well... It's coming from the ACC, uh-huh. where they're now going to have a full channel of games, studio stuff, and all kinds of other assorted goodies like what you see with the SEC Network. Do I think that that's an, uh, initially financially successful as what the single most successful financial launch of a cable television network was in the history of cable TV and the SEC Network? No. But I certainly think it's going to go off pretty well being conservative. In the space that has now been vacated by the old ESPNU studio programming is not just going to sit there and remain stagnant. Okay, what do you think is going to go there in all likelihood? I mean, the, the schools could all come together and say, no, we don't want to have an ACC network that sits beside the building of the SEC network. That's fine. Maybe that happens. I, but, don't, I but, don't care about that. Well, I, I don't give a crap about it either. Yeah. But, man. Who knows that? Right. You, you mean to tell me, here's the launch, the single most successful cable television network in history, the launch of it I'm talking about. Financially, it's making a truckload of cash for all the SEC schools. We got this here in this building. Is it a bad idea to launch another conference network really close by where you can kind of put two and two together 
I mean, probably not. And you already have that space to begin with. Okay. It's just me painting that picture is just another way of suggesting, oh, the launch will go off okay. And a lot of the infrastructure is already in place perfectly if that's what everybody decides to do with the launch. They may decide to do something totally different. Additionally, if it didn't launch in August 2019, ESPN has to pay this massive fee to the conference like it did. I mean, if the world ends, it probably won't launch on time. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, it's going on board full speed ahead, August 2019. Uh, let's, uh, Let's clear the air about that. If Swaffer didn't do it for you, yours truly will do it as well. I think this is a fair question. Texture 3929 says, uh, if watch ESPN wasn't so readily available, would it launch quicker? And why does it take, why is it going to take two years to go live? Give me the first part of that again. I read, I read those in reverse order. Why is it going to take two years to go live? Right. And if watch ESPN wasn't so readily available, would it launch quicker? Watch ESPN is readily available, yeah. correct? Uh, right. And that's, that's, that's the implication. Yeah. So wouldn't you, wouldn't it, I think what he's saying is because it's so readily available. Mm-hmm. Why can't you just, why launch, can't it you just now? launch it now? Because you're right. not, it's not really new technology that you have to put in place. That's very true. But technology is what a lot of people are waiting for, for that August 2019 launch to begin with, because Everybody associated with this transaction, the ACC and the suits at ESPN, want to make sure that they've got a, the best grasp possible on what the future of sports television looks like. And that is honestly changing by the day. Generically, it's very easy for us to suggest the future of sports and live event broadcasting is going digital. That ESPN app, Fox Sports has, I think, Fox Sports Go, which I've never seen. I assume it does a Mm -hmm. decent job. Uh, The NCAA tournament, I think, with CBS and TNT did a pretty good job this year in promoting what they're doing in the digital space. They are making sure that they do every ounce of due diligence before this network starts, that they launch it in the way that makes the most amount of sense. It will be a linear channel. All the other goodies that come along with that, TBT, to be determined, Mm -hmm. to be announced at a later date, when there's a better idea of what the next decade and beyond look like with live event uh, event broadcasting. So that's kind of a generic big picture approach, but at the heart and soul, that's what it's about. Hey, there's people cutting the cord. We know that. We're addressing that. By that point in time, we're probably going to have our over-the-top service ready, and at that point it makes more sense to launch when you have more information, a deeper understanding of what the future is going to look like. We're we're getting it now. Well, I think they'll have a much better idea of it at that point in time. And as we get closer to that date, hence the delay. So I think ESPN believes August, 2019. Yeah. We've lost X number of more subscribers in the, in the cable satellite race. But by that point in time, my expectation is that number starts to be made up on the internet, over-the-top, digital connection that's out there. How much it's made up, I'm not smart enough to tell you, but I think ESPN believes it'll be substantial at that juncture. And so at that point in time, hey, we know this is where it's going. We've got our both feet on the ground in regards to the future of live event uh, sports programming. This is how we're going to do it. And we've done every ounce of due diligence possible to make sure that this thing will be successful. Two years from now, I think we all agree it is going to look different than how we consume sporting events now. I mean, it's going to look much different. Um, I think I mean, the next challenge for ESPN is how how to make sure you're monetizing every person who's now watching online. And that and who, that's an issue for everybody. Yeah, exactly. For network television. For local, for everything. It's interesting that two weeks ago, Kelly came in here to the show, Kelly Gramlick, and said she never watches local television pretty much anymore. And you know, suggesting that her generation just consumes it all online now. So I've paid more attention to what my kids do 
we we've got a smart TV. We got Apple TV on one of the TVs. My 15 year old son, because he wants to be able to flip and and do other things, you know, with Netflix and all that stuff. He watches ESPN on on the on the smart TV or or through the Apple TV. He watches it there now, even though we have Direct TV. Yes, I, I just and, and it's I don't know. I just fascinated by that. I I think I've underestimated that generation. Right, we all have. Bringing this back full circle. If you're launching an ACC channel in August 2019, wouldn't it be fantastic at some point in time between now and then or at some point in the near future afterwards if the announcement came out beforehand or in conjunction, you were making your expansion plans known to the public at that point in time in football as well to generate more buzz. Yeah. Hence, Golden Domers. Hence, another program if that's what they choose to do. I I do wonder if the timing being two years out has if that has anything to do with that i don't know that it does maybe that's wishful thinking maybe it's a coincidence maybe it works hand in hand but that also gives you some time to try to figure that out as well final segment of the show coming up if you want to talk about it give us a buzz you know the number back to wrap it up after this i'm a donut nut i'm a donut nut i'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. Hi, I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donut Company in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Drop by for a delicious donut and a cup of coffee. Pick up a box for your business or church meeting. Share them with family and friends during a time of need. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kreme. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. I'm George Jeffries, local GM of Metal Building Supply. As part of Mesco Building Solutions and NCI, we're the Southeast premier supplier of metal building components and pre-engineered building systems. We have an 18,000 square foot facility, and we bring in inventory and special orders every Friday. Call 295-0506 or come by 1500 Elrod Road in Piedmont. Whether it's a 30 by 40 for your shop or 100,000 square feet for your business, we have over 40 years of experience to put to work for you. Spring has sprung, and it's time to get away on a set of Yokohama radial tires from Steve's Tire and Service in Easley. Let Steve's Tire save you some money along the way. Purchase any set of Yokohama Ascend, Invigor, or any set of Geolander HT or AT, and you're going to receive a $60 mail-in rebate April 15th through May 31st. So why not ride to that spring getaway on a set of Yokohamas? Give Steve's Tire and Service a call at 859-1361 and let the savings begin. It's bow time at Bojangles. Feed the whole group with a 12-piece super tailgate special for just $24.99. Rely on EnviroMulch. They supply quality landscape supplies for any outdoor project. Their spring special. Get double ground hardwood mulch for a dollar off per yard. Ordered online with promo code WCCP. No other discount supply. From your friends at EnviroMulch. Go Tigers! With the warm weather, we think of spring cleaning our homes and businesses. Be sure to include your plumbing system inside and out on your list of spring cleaning chores. Your friends at Roto-Rooter, serving the upstate and western North Carolina, are here 24-7 if your plumbing spring cleaning gets the best of you. Check out their website for spring plumbing tips so you won't have to contact them. And if you do, it's rotorooter.com or 800-GET-ROTO. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And away go troubles down the drain. Athletes and active people wear out their joints as they age. For medically appropriate patients, the Surgery Center at Pelham offers a low-cost option for joint replacement to avoid a hospital stay and offers the capability to go home the same day. I'm Dr. Frank Armacita. If your joints are worn out after years of golf, tennis, cycling, or weekend warrior activities, I believe our staff at the Surgery Center at Pelham can make a difference in your life. Visit the Surgery Center at Pelham online at newkneereplacement.com. You know, there's a lot of confusion about the right steps to take to secure the proper financial plan for your future. Well, Randy Strickland and Greg Wales of Kiwi Financial Group in Clemson can guide you through every single step. Their fee-based planning options allow you to invest with transparency and to know where every single dollar goes. They also offer sound, comprehensive advice with solutions to fit any investing appetite. Call Kiwi Financial at 654-5043 or online at kiwifg.com. 
CMH Services is South Carolina's source for new Crown and Unicarriers forklifts, used forklifts, and forklift parts, service, and rentals. CMH offers a complete line of material handling solutions for every application. CMH is dedicated to providing their customers the equipment, knowledge, and support they need to make every operation a total success. Locally owned since 1968. Call 800-922-9569 to find out more or go online cmhservices.net. That's cmhservices.net. Roy Philpott on WCCP. Fourth quarter's coming up from Death Valley. Second half is underway. Ten seconds, and it can't stop now. Nebraska's out of timeouts, and Clemson has indeed proved itself to be the number one team in all of college football. Here's the end of the game. Are we finished? Done. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Had to laugh during that last break. Pulled up one of my email accounts. One of the problems is I have like four or five different email accounts. And I, I really need to shut it down to just one, and I'm going to. You don't need an AOL account anymore, Roy. No, I keep my MySpace you. email address is just, it's baked. <laughs> I don't need to use it. But I got an email during that last break from snow.com, which just put a smile on my face. Snow.com sent me an email and said, what are you doing this summer? What are your summer plans? <laughs> and it's trying to get me to buy like a season pass out in Vail, out in Colorado for, for next year. And I, I'm tempted to do it. I just want to go ski. That sounds fantastic. As the weather gets warmer, I want to go skiing again really soon. Snow skiing. I appreciate snow.com sending me that email. But, but they send that to you in the summer. Right. They send it to you. So they give you discount lift tickets or passes to go skiing out west in the summer if you buy them in advance. Right? So they're trying to make a little money now, and it'll save you a little cash now as opposed to if you wait until the last second. It costs you like $300 for a lift ticket out there, which I don't like spending that kind of cash just to go skiing for a couple of days. It's a lot of money. A lot of money. All right, final segment of the show. And Ben asked me an interesting question during the break, too, which I think is worth repeating in this space because it it get, it will give you a better perspective on what is happening with some of these things behind the scenes. That question was? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I ask you a lot of questions. Give me a hint. The... Uh, we, we the, were talking, the log, about, talking about the login information. Stuff? No, the oh. over the top services. And then you, 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 I guess you made a statement that, well, you should put into perspective. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, we were, we, you referenced that this is not just an ESPN issue. This is an industry wide issue. And it certainly is. And I told you that I did not realize until a couple of weeks ago that even like Showtime and HBO now, allow you to buy their app, their streaming service, which gives you access to everything they have on a monthly subscription basis that bypasses DirecTV, bypasses Dish Network, Time Warner Cable, all that stuff. You go directly to them. You do it. There's And I did it with Showtime because there is a uh, there's a series that I watched on iTunes and now I've caught up and it's the current season. And I wanted, that's the only way I can watch it. So I don't subscribe to Showtime on my on DirecTV, but I wanted to watch this, and I can watch it on my smart TV, smart TV on my cell phone, on my iPad, you name it, and watch it anywhere I want to, anytime I want to, and I don't have to buy a fifty dollar upcharge on DirecTV in order to do it. Over so the top. And, and 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 I really think, especially for those premium services like an HBO, you know, movie channels and stuff where you have to buy all of them, but you might only watch one of them. That coupled with the fact that like smart TV prices are cheaper than regular TVs were three years ago. I mean, it's, you, you mean like you can buy them in a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy them in bulk. I'll take three 75 inch flat screen yeah, curved I mean, they're, they're like disposable now. They're I so know. cheap. Why would you buy the warranty? You I mean replace it for about the, uh, anyway, the other thing you said there was, yeah, but what are people going to think when ESPN loses more subscribers if that happens in the future? And there's no doubt that that's happening in the future. There's no doubt. They, they've gone from 100 plus million subscribers, the cord cutting, the loss of the bundle packages out there. I want to say it's like 88 million has been a, it's been a loss of, of 10% or 11% or whatever from its zenith back in 2013. And there's going to be more than that. And how far it goes, your guess is as good as mine. 
they started planning for that more than 18 months ago. Like that, that's the expectation, the, the linear side. Yeah. Everybody would love to grow it. And actually in the last quarter, I think it grew by like 40,000 or 42,000 subscribers because Nielsen started adding in different metrics that it wasn't doing before. It's really not going to grow past that. However, unless you add in new ways to actually count the number of people that are watching or that have access to your, to your network, it's going to continue to go down. They're preparing for that. And it's not that they don't care about it. They do. But that's not where their efforts are focused to try to regain linear network viewers or households. They know it's going to continue to drop. They've known that for the last year and a half. Their focus is entirely different. And it's focused on the digital space. Additionally, that news actually came out this week and how they're reinventing SportsCenter and calling it SportsCenter now doing things. And, and that may or may not work. I have no idea. But the focus has totally moved away from, oh, we've got to save this particular channel. No, they'd love to, but that's not, the, that's not where the energy is going. The energy is going to where in 2025, this is how you'll be watching. And when you're ready to do that, this is where we're going to be. That decision was made more than 18 months ago. That's what a lot of people don't understand. So you can talk about failures of, of networks or how things are changing. Things change behind the scenes there long before major media fans and consumers realized they were changing as right. some perspective there, some perspective. It's, it, it's, uh, it's trendy to bash ESPN though. So I think some people maybe just don't want to recognize that. Sure. Oh, that's know? fine. No, I got no beef with that at all. You know, still, that's fine. To each his own. And there, there's certainly things that you, you can bash that you might not agree with. It's certainly things I don't agree with there, but I love my sports much more. And I'd see some of those awards and things that have been given out. I just turned the channel. I still know that I'm going to be able to watch football for 24 straight hours on a Saturday on ESPN. And I love it. And, uh, and I'm thankful that it's available. One more call to wrap things up. Robert joins us on the Northland communication phone lines. Hey, Robert. Hey guys. How you doing? Very well. I just had a comment or two about this conference realignment stuff. Um, you know, there's only 64 Power 5 conference teams, and then if you add Notre Dame, that makes 65 teams. Well, 64 teams, it seems to me, lends itself to four 16-member conferences, mm -hmm. not, not five conferences. And I think the, the Big 12 being the smallest of the five and the one that's kind of losing out uh, should be cannibalized for the others. And, and the way I think it would work, uh, just check this plan out. I think the ACC, would, if they would pick up West Virginia and Notre Dame as a full-fledged member, would get a 16-member conference. The SEC could pick up Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and go to a 16-member conference. The Big Ten could pick up Iowa State and Kansas going to a 16-member conference. Uh, and the PAC could pick up uh, Texas, TCU, Texas Tech, KSU, and we've got one leftover school. We just give Baylor the death penalty. Oh. And then we'd have 64 teams and four conferences. Everybody could have a conference championship, and then you'd have a four-team playoff of those conference champions and then just be done with it. Robert, that makes a ton of sense. We appreciate your perspective and stay in touch with us as well. I can be sold on that every day of the week and twice here on this Thursday. I love everything about that, especially the Baylor death sentence part. Yeah. yeah. Sign me up. And I, I won't discount that notion of that possibility either because there's enough tension in that conference. When push comes to shove, you could see something like that going down. And in a, in a real way, there's a spot for just about everybody, right? There's a spot for just about everybody. Now, whether or not it works out in that manner or you send somebody back to the group of five, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, that, the breaking away of the top 64 or 65 schools is happening financially, and it has been happening. If you don't believe me, you can ask Dabo Swinney about that. He's been talking about that for years. He, he eventually believed, uh, going back to maybe even 2012, 2013, he's talked about this publicly, too, if you ask him, that there would be kind of separate divisions that would create or that you would see a breaking apart away from the NCAA. And that's, that's another conversation. But at some point in this decade, you could potentially see a group of five national champion emerge. 
meaning that classification has its own national title, the Power Five National Championship, and the, the old school FCS, where you've got three separate divisions of Division I football, FCS, Group of Five, Power Five. All three have their own individual college football playoff. All three announce or in, from that playoff award their national championship. So could you see one of the Power Five teams that can't make it dip down to the group of five? They don't want to do it. They're going to go kicking and screaming because there's going to be a massive gap in revenue between those two entities. Maybe you could. In a nice and tidy way, if you want to go to four super conferences, there's almost enough room to make that happen given the current landscape if you want to split apart one particular league. And the Big 12 is kind of stuck there in the middle, and you got people pulling, you got one team doing this, another team not wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. There's some divisiveness going on. Not everybody's on the same page. That would be the league, I think, that uh, would be be in the the worst position of the bunch and and could potentially be picked apart. You know, we talked, you and I talked about that a good bit on the air a couple of years back, thinking that the ACC might be that conference that was split apart. And now, two, three years later, it uh, it's funny how how quickly things change. It feels like one of the one of the more stable ones, and and the Big Twelve is, as you say, the one that might get split apart. Let me ask you one final question about the online uh, talk with the ESPN stuff. Texture wants to know, paraphrasing here, could you ever see the online platforms having a channel for each individual school? That is one option that the online platform gives you that you don't have, that you can never have on a linear channel. Yes, I think you could see something like that. I just like the sound of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think it would be with every school right out of the gate, but where the demand is there for the bigger alumni bases and where the programs that are experiencing success, I conceivably, yes. I mean, that's that's... Yeah. That's possible. And that, that channel is like a video on demand kind of a thing for the user. And then maybe you have the one channel that's showing the live events. There's a lot of possibilities at play when you're talking about online stuff like that. No doubt about it. Uh, good stuff across the board. Good conversation. Great topic. Ben hijacked the show back in the first hour. That was a lot of fun. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Quick reminder, Walt up to the Road Rage coming up next in about five minutes from now after the extended open. Uh, we're off tomorrow. Back with you Monday. Clemson baseball this weekend. We'll have a better idea of the ACC tournament. Next time we're with you, we'll talk about it, break it down, and get you ready to go for that beginning Monday. That'll do it for us. Walt up to the Road Rage coming up next. Broadcast.